Hi, everybody. Welcome to this class. I'm so touched that you're coming on tonight. You know, not at a Hanukkah party or not, you know, still busy, you know, getting like, I don't know, preparing or not preparing, cleaning up from the menorah, whatever it is. Thank you for being here. And thank you so much for the gift, for the Hanukkah gift, the Hanukkah gift. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you, Sarah and Blima, for collecting and taking charge. Thank you, Sarah, for always putting on the reminders and for reminding me and for reminding everyone. I really appreciate everything that you do. Really, really, I do. Thank you. You should be benched. This class is being learned as a special schos to Nishmas, Yitzchak Isaac Ben Pinchas. His neshama should have the highest aliyah. Also, also, <clears throat> also, this class is being learned to the Eloi Nishmas, Begamal Bas David Kusil Ben Moshe, Kandvor Bas Archer Enzel, and Yitzchak Menachem Ben Rim. Mayor Halevi, then Nisham Shehavan Aliyah, Estabila Basabusha Mordechai, and Nisham Shehavan Aliyah. Also, for Aaron Mayor Ben Shalom Ezra, his Nisham Shehavan Aliyah. Also, for Shalema, for Mushkaras Basbil Daba Makadasa Bas Mushkaras, and Chaim Dav Ben Shindel, and for Shidduch, for Chava, no, for Shidduch, for Yitta Bas Adina Chava. And Aliza Fradel Bakley Ablima, the Shikarn Zivikhagan Bakaro. Okay, thank you so much to my sponsors this week. I really appreciate that as well. Okay, Afrail Hanukkah, here we are. So I know, I don't know what I discussed last year, Hanukkah. I don't remember exactly, but I know I went through some old stuff. I've, you know, put down some new things, listened to some new things, and I'm just going to give you an overview, a little bit of everything, just because the things, even though I may have said it last year, or perhaps even the year before, it's just so good. I feel like I even forgot it. And when I went back to my notes, and I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I was so happy to be reminded. So we'll go through a little bit quickly, and then we'll, you know, touch upon a few different ideas tonight. Okay, so one of the main miracles that I love to think about of because there's so many, right? We can think about that. The oil lasted for eight days and it should have just lasted for one. How a small army went over a big army. And I actually once, I think I said over the story with Mrs. Amit Yagubi, when she went to the bagel shop with her children and she would always get them a mini bagel. And this year, that day, that Thursday, they had bagel day. Instead of like, we have pizza Thursday night, so they go to the bagel shop Thursday nights. And they were out of mini bagels, and all her kids were so upset. They were like, oh my goodness, we don't want to have... No. So they were out of mini bagels, so she got them half bagels. It's the same amount, right? Just a half of a big bagel instead of a mini bagel. And they were like, no, we want a whole bagel. This isn't enough. We don't want half. You know, they were all... They, in their minds, they thought they were getting half of what they usually get. They, they wanted their whole bagel, and she told her children, what do you think the miracle of Hanukkah was? And she went through all the miracles with them. And she said the main miracle was that when the Hashemunah found a tiny jug of oil, an amount of oil that was not enough, they were so happy. They were overjoyed with joy and excitement. And they danced and they sang and they were like, they found an amount of oil that wasn't enough. And they lit it and it became enough. It wasn't like when they found the little jug that the, you know, soldiers were like, no, it's not enough. It's not enough. We need to find for at least 10 days so that we can make more oil. Quickly, go look for more. No, that's not what they did. They were so happy with the amount that they were given. They danced and they sang. And being that they were so happy, they lit the menorah. And what was not enough transformed. Their attitude 
transformed their circumstance. And I feel that's such a good thing to remember, even though I'm, I apologize if you heard this once before, but just to remember that sometimes we feel in life that Hashem didn't serve us enough, that we don't have enough, that if we had certain things, you know, set up in a certain way in our minds that we feel that we would be able to run our home if things were like this, or we would be able to be that wife if things were like that, or that mother, or that daughter, or that sister, whatever it is. We sometimes we have we make these stories in our minds of the things that like we need or we're looking, we're waiting for it to happen so that our lives can you know finally be settled. Like we learned last week, we're never settled. That's the that's our life. We're in limbo. We're always it's about flying the plane, not landing it. So that was also a good lesson last week. But this just reminds us to just if we can be like the Hashmona and who found the oil that wasn't enough and be happy with our life status quo the way it is and we can rejoice with it that's when the shefa and the bracha begins to flow and that's when Hashem looks down upon and says okay you know she's happy with what she has now we can send her the bracha there's something to that and I just wanted to be reminded wanted to remind everybody also how this yantif it's the women who are the shining stars of this yantif yay go us we all know the story of Yehudis she went into early fornis with cheese and wine she you know got him to go to sleep chopped off his head hung it outside and that's when the greek presence started to recede because they got nervous and that was something go go us women right it's always it's always about the nashim tzitkaniyos at the end of the day baruch hashem hashem should just give us the strength and the shatad shmaya to to be those nashim tzitkaniyos that he so much badly wants us to be and we also know that the Hannah and her seven sons is also a very big highlight. And just to note the story with her son, the two-year-old, how he picked up the candy. We're going to just highlight it for a minute. Just that I learned that from like Momo Bauman when I watch him on a meaningful minute, he'll like stop the speaker and be like, I just want to highlight that point. I'm like, oh, that's a good, that's okay. Now here we go. We're going to just highlight that little point where Hannah's seventh son, the two-year-old, didn't pick up, as some of our should say it was a glittery ring, some say it was a candy, whatever it was. He didn't pick up the candy. He didn't, he said no. We're learning such a gorgeous lesson, the power of human resilience. How a two-year-old can resist candy. He went against his nature and he said no. And we learned from here in this story that now during this time of Hanukkah, we have the power. Like I tell, I told my students, like, Starting tonight, right now, there's like pixie dust. Okay, not really, and I don't have a source for this, but I believe it to be true, right? Like Ms. Fabi Garfinkel always says, there's like this pixie dust like kind of coming down, and we have the opportunity to take it in, to take it in, to accept it, to be that clee, wide open, like Hashem, just like bring it down. So one of the things that we can do now, the very good time, is to start something new that is hard for us, that's not easy. You know, I was always like thinking like, okay, if I want to, you know, start something new, okay, you know, maybe... I'll make sure to always, you know, set the table, have the table set Thursday morning, let's just say, right? Let them, they're just giving an example. That's a beautiful thing, but is it against my nature so much? I don't know, because I really I like, I like a Thursday morning, you know, early in the morning, the table set for Shabbos. So that's not so much against my nature. Coming up with something to change that's against my nature. Now that is going to take a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of courage. And I feel that now is the time to take upon ourselves something that's just a little harder, but just like, you know, taking upon setting the table Thursday morning also is gorgeous. And I'm not taking away from that, but I'm I'm thinking like to, you know, push, push the envelope just a little bit to do something now, because now Hashem is going to give us that extra strength, that koa, you know, from the, from where we learned from the story with Chav and her seven, 
Chava, not Chava, Chana, I'm sorry, Chana with her, her little two-year-old. We all know that the women have, we have this mitzvah to sit by the candles for a half hour and stop. It's like, thank you, Hashem, for telling us to stop, right? We're, we're so busy, we're so busy, we're so busy, we're so running, we're so going, we're so coming. And then Hashem says, stop for 30 minutes and just sit at the candles and just take it in. We all know the greatness of Moshe was that he stopped by the burning bush, right? Now, we all know that. And it's like, oh, I don't know who said it. I think Hamid Agubi said, like, it's good. Like, if Moshe, if it would have been a woman who would have passed the burning bush, he wouldn't have even stopped for a minute to notice it. Because we're always so busy running and coming and going. So now Hashem's saying, stop. Just look at the candles. Take it all in. Do a little chesh ben hanafesh. You know, whatever it may be. And just think a little bit. And we can think about a lot of things. We can dive in. It's all beautiful. But we know that <clears throat> we know that the Greeks, they weren't so much to destroy us. That wasn't what they were they were into. They didn't want they didn't mind if we were living. Like by Purim, they wanted to destroy us, right? Here they didn't mind if we we're living, they just wanted their culture to get into our lives and they wanted to obliterate the Yiddishkeit, the Jewish culture. That was their goal. So what can we do when we're sitting by the lights? We can think a little bit. We can think like how much of the Greek culture is seeping into our homes? How much is coming in? How much, right? Because we have the menorah standing by the window, sitting on the table by the window. And we can reflect on of like while we're looking out the window, sitting by the menorah, how much of the Greek culture, how many undertones or overtones or not how many, how much, how much of the Greek culture, of the Western culture are we letting into our homes? And how do we get rid of it? The answer is the menorah, that the menorah, the light actually has a koach to burn out all that stuff that we just want to get rid of. We're not doing, you know, it's not Pesach. We're not doing beer chametz now for Pesach, you know, looking for chametz, but we're doing a little bit of like soul searching within ourselves, within our souls, like what needs to go? Maybe, you know, a little less screen time, maybe to cancel that subscription, maybe, you know, to buy more books from the Jacob store instead of books from... The library, I don't know, not that I'm saying me, I'm not, I'm, I'm, everything is great. Everyone has to think within themselves, where can they maybe shift certain things in their home and kind of clean out that, you know, that I'd like to say the word Gaish, but I'll say it, the, the, the Gaishness, the, the Greek, the Western civilization, that that's their goal to kind of seep into our homes and to just turn us into one of them. So that's something that we can think about when we're going to be sitting by the menorah for the next seven day, nights, how much has seeped in and how much like and what are we going to do about it how are we going to clean it out and we're going to have the help of the actual fire that's going to help us in cleaning it all out and and you know burning out that secular culture that by mistake snuck in <clears throat> I discussed last year, I know for sure, when you're lighting the menorah, the nachal, how there's a nachal, how it's a river, a river of divine joy, a river of divine wisdom, a river of divine capability, how we should have those makshabos when we're lighting candles, of the river of the shefa and the bracha coming down upon our heads and into our homes from Shemayim, the Arizal says, from Shemayim, it's connecting a river flowing with all that shefa and bracha. We just have to have that right makshava and think about it and it will 
it will be. Now, I know we always hear like, you know, this Yantif, it's like the Yantif of miracles and miracles. And it's always like, okay, but like, how about that miracle I want? Like, I'm always hearing about miracles. What about the, like, how do we get the miracles to like start being activated in our life? And I heard this from Islami Agubi. I just don't have so many, I don't have the source for it. So I apologize. But I heard she was saying that what happens is we kind of, we think like we get used to Teva, right? So it's like, you know, whatever we have, the table that I'm that I'm giving this class on, the chairs I'm sitting on, you know, the shapes on my head, the, the the clothing we're wearing, the the coats, like the couches, like everything we have, it's Teva. We don't like really think that it's a miracle, right? You know, all the things we just take for granted it becomes Teva. But really Teva and Nath are one of the same. Like that story, which I apologize again, I don't remember the source. It was, if anyone knows, and you can write in the message, I'd love to, so I could say it. But um, there was that story of their family. They were really, really poor. And they didn't have oil to light um, the candles for Shabbos. And I think her father or her husband told her to light with vinegar. And she said, what do you mean vinegar doesn't burn? And she was told that whoever tells oil to burn will let will tell the vinegar to burn. Don't worry. And that's what happened. She used vinegar and it burned. It caught fire and it burned the night away and it, it burned the whole night. And basically we're saying is that what Rami Agubi was saying is that if we start looking at Teva, like it's a miracle, that's how we bring miracles. That's how we bring real, even though it's real, but that's how we bring the miracles that we feel that we want, that we need into our home. So what does she mean? Like waking up in the morning, Wow, thank you, Hashem. I woke up, Modani Lafanaka. Thank you. What a miracle, right? Getting your kids out of bed in the morning. What a miracle. They're all in their beds. By the way, during this time, not to be taken for granted. Hashem Yirachim, I can't even think of all the hostages. This class should be a schos for the hostages and everyone in Israel as well. I can't. I, I, it's so hard for me to go there as a mother as to, to think of the suffering and the pain that's still going on. And even the ones that were rescued who got to come home, it's like the the what they're still living with the terror the trauma I, I can't even think of it so yes to be so appreciative of everything that we have all the teva thank you Hashem that I have a toothbrush that I could use thank you Hashem for the parking spot which when I was like give, I was asking my sister like you know I was just telling her like quickly she's like no a parking spot in Flatbush is like a miracle that's not teva I'm like you're right you're right okay that's a, that is a miracle but just to be cognizant and aware and to be so 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 thankful of all the things, the mundane, the teva, the things that we're so used to. Thank you, Hashem, for salt. Salt, it's like brings out the flavor. It's godless. Just this little white powder goes so far. Thank you, Hashem, for this miracle of salt. Right? Hashem decided that this rock, wherever this came from, should be should serve as a food enhancer. Unbelievable, really. Like if you think about it, so when we get used to thanking Hashem for all the things that we have in our life on a day to day basis. That's how the miracle started. And actually, I was reading Rabbi Milo Biederman's book, and he was saying that how do you create a an Israt zone is if you think Hashem first. If you think Hashem first, then you're creating for yourself an Israt zone. And we're always looking for Israt zone, right? Like we learned, like when you light the menorah, it's an Israt zone. And when you light the candles on Friday night, it's an Israt zone. And when you bake challah, it's an Israt zone. Rabbi Milo Biederman said his book, I wish I had it here. I don't, it's all the way down there. That if you think Hashem first, like when you say modim, you are creating an Eisrat zone for yourself. So if you think about it, if we're going around all day long saying thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for the books, thank you for Snapple, thank you for thank you for popcorn, thank you for flowers, thank you for fill in and fill in bags and 
I'm looking whatever's on my table, right? We just go around thinking Hashem for everything. We're creating so many Israel zones that like the minute we have a, a feeling in our heart that we're like, oh, Hashem, please send me this Yeshua, this Rafur, this Shidduch. It's like ready to be answered because we just created an Israel zone for ourselves. So I really love that, that concept, that idea. And I'm, I don't know if you want to go around like thinking uh, for all the miracles out loud, you know, but in, you know, your family members might be like, well, like, is everything okay? So in our heads, in our minds, in our heads, in our hearts, we can just be, especially for this week specifically, the week of Hanukkah, the week of light, the week of menorah, the week of miracles, the week of, of that special magic dust that is being sprinkled upon us. Let's be very aware and thankful for all the miracles around us that we endure and we have, and to be so, so, so thankful for them. Also, <clears throat> Rabbi Joey Haber spoke of this um, idea of like to have a Hanukkah party and not to have a Hanukkah party. And he went through different reasons why we shouldn't perhaps have a Hanukkah party. It's very interesting to know that Yaakov Avinu was actually buried on Pafi slave. So they were saying, you know, maybe it's like not, you know, such a good, no, not wasn't such a happy time. Also, the youngest son of Matis Yahu actually died on Hanukkah trying to, um, he went under an elephant and he took a spear and he hit it. He went through the elephant to the general, which he killed the elephant and the general, but he also got killed. And different things, how like, you know, Purim, it says to have a party, Hanukkah doesn't say to have a party necessarily. Purim, there's a reason because Hashem wanted it was, was you know, out to, we were going to be destroyed physically. Hanukkah, it was just a spiritual, you know, war. They just, they, they didn't mind us surviving. They just wanted us to become Greeks. You know, it was Hellenism. So have a party, not to have a party. The Chadush Yarim says that we should have a party on Hanukkah, even though it doesn't say outright, because the party should come from within. We should feel inside such a feeling of like, of, of not Ava, of Lahodos Ulahalo. Well, we should always have the feeling of Ava. But in addition to Lahodos Ulahalo, that's the Chiyav on Hanukkah, to Lahodos Ulahalo, to sing and to praise. And when you're feeling, when you're in such a place, when you're in such a genuine place of singing and praising, like what else do you want to do that make a party? So the Chudush Yarim says that you should come to making a party on your own from your own, not because it says. No, if it would say to have a party, then it would be like, okay, of course. Like we do what, you know, it says to build a sukkah. We build a sukkah. It's said to make a seder. We make a seder. It's said to blow shofar. We blow shofar. Of course we would do it. This is like when we make a party, Hashem's like, wow, my children are so happy. They're making a party because like they just feel it in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls. Ah, geschmack. I went. I don't know if Hashem says geschmack, but it, I'm sure it gives Hashem tremendous nachas ruach that you know we're making a party that it's coming from a place of our of our own within our own enthusiasm within ourselves. And we did actually. We uh, yeah okay no yeah we had a, a spiritual victory yes okay. I'm just reading my notes here. Okay, uh, story of just to know to remember this. I I heard it also on Wednesday by Joey Haber, which just goes to show you know sometimes we think. Like, what do I need to talk to her and, like, give her chizuk? Not even give someone chizuk. Let's say, like, walking in the street, you meet someone, and, like, you're just not interested in giving me the, hi, how are you? What's doing? You were very busy. Everyone has their stuff, their life going on. I just want to bring out the idea and the power of a good word. Power of a good word. Just like a little chizuk that we all have. We're very capable of giving over. We think, like, no, what do you mean? I'm not a speaker. I'm not a teacher. I'm not, like... No, no, no. Anyone can, can you, you, you wouldn't know. It's so easy. It's so easy to just, you know, give someone a little encouragement, a little, hi, how are you? What's doing? Why wow, you look so good? Wow. You know, it's been so long. Like, you know, 
you look great. Just something, a little positivity to send to someone. It goes a very long way. And we learned this in the story with George Washington. He was actually fighting the revolution in 1777. And he was the general. And there's a story that he was walking through all the camps one night. It was very cold and dark and they were losing and they were in a very bad place. And it was just a very bad, dark time in history. And he's going through all the cabins and all the soldiers are sleeping. And then he notices a little light. Someone's lighting a candle. It was Hanukkah. He was a Jewish soldier and he was lighting the candles, the Hanukkah menorah. George Washington went over to him and said, what well, what are you doing? He goes, oh, it's my religion. We light a candle. Or we, we light the menorah. We light the, you know, the candles. And he goes, could you tell me a little bit about it? And this soldier said, well, it's the story of how we were a small army against the big army, but God was on our side. Hashem was on our side. And we won anyway because we had God. And, and, and from then on, we light the candles every year to remember and to celebrate this, this victory that we had that was all from God. And George Washington was like, wow. Wow. And he turned to George Washington and he said, and you know, I think that I know we're going through a hard time now and we're not doing so great, but I think God's on our side. And I believe that just like we won the war then, we're going to win it now and it's going to be okay. And he really was giving such chizip to George Washington. I never knew this. I don't know why they don't teach us this in fifth grade in the history books. They really should. We learned about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and all that, right? I still remember my fifth grade history notebook, Mrs. Savard. Never forget it. But we should, I, I feel like I should call her and tell her about this great story. But anyway, it says that they won the war. They won the war. George Washington left that night. He had a certain new, renewed chizuk. He, he felt better. And they won the war and everyone went home. And shortly after, he was unanimously voted to become the first president of the United States. And shortly after, there was a knock at this man's door, at the soldier's door. It was one of the cabinet members. And he came with a medallion. And he, was, he brought the medallion over to this Jewish soldier. And he said... This is from the president, and it, it said on the medallion, thank you for your strength and inspiration that night. No, it said, thank you for your strength and inspiration that you gave me on the darkest night. Like a good word, a good word. We can all be a light to, the, to someone. We can all, just a smile, an acknowledgement, a something. It's not so hard if we think about it. We really all have the ability and the capability to be a light during this very, very dark time. It's the darkest time of the year. There's more night than day, right? The day is like 20 minutes almost, right? That's what I feel. And we really all have the, the ability to shine a light and to show Hashem, look look at us, look at us. I, I hope Hashem sees us. I, I know he sees us. I mean, look at all the godless in Eretz Yisrael with everyone going and, and the chassad and, and, and all the... The, the giving of this whole nation and all the tefillin that's being worn and all the tzitzis that's being worn and all the tehillim that's being said. I mean, I'm really hoping Mashiach comes like today, like in a minute, because it's really next level. I really, it's really a tremendous, tremendous Kiddush Hashem. So with that, I would like to wish you all an Afrelech and Hanukkah. Thank you so much for always coming on and being an inspiration to me because again, I can't come, I wouldn't be able to come on without having people to come on to and to speak to and people who want to hear. So thank you all so much. You're all an inspiration to me and may we all, each and every one of us have a beautiful, beautiful Freilichen Hanukkah and a wonderful Shabbos. Bye.